This worldly wisdom seems to come built into the hearts of men. And I'm, I'm telling you, we all have it. You might think, well, I don't have it. Yes, you do. Well, this evening, we're going to uh, take a look sort of out back of, of wisdom and see what's out there. We're going to be taking a look at the other side of the line. And I think you're going to find it very interesting. You've got some, some numbers and words and scriptures to write in there. And we'll begin with a word of prayer and ask the Lord to help us. But I think you'll find this very interesting. All righty, let's start with prayer. And now heavenly father, we bow once again, asking you to please grant to us the wisdom we need as we consider the other side of the fence. We pray father God, that you would help us to appreciate more of what we have been given in the way of wisdom. And these seven pillars are quite something. And it's, it's not like a pick and choose. We understand that it's a big one package deal and we need all of them. Help us father every day to embrace these seven pillars as we steadily move toward you, your will for our lives. Our father bless us now, please in our study tonight in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, you have page eight and it has some various uh, pillars and a couple of houses on there. It looks sort of like a, a tennis court a little bit with a whole bunch of stuff on it. And it's to go uh, sideways or landscape. That's uh, what they call landscape there. The photographers know that. Now I'd like you to uh, first go to page number nine, page number nine. We have some, some blanks to fill in here and we call this the seven pillars of foolishness. Imagine that we just finished studying the seven pillars of wisdom. And now we're studying the seven pillars of foolishness. You say, I didn't know that foolishness had seven pillars. Well, they seem to after we get a good handle on the seven pillars of wisdom, all of a sudden we'll start noticing, Hey, wait a sec. Look what they got over the other side of the fence there. They seem to have a few pillars of their own. You see, that's what we want to look at here tonight. Now on your page, number nine, it starts off in many ways. The devil has his imitations or cheap copies. C H E A P cheap, cheap, worthless copies of what God has created. One of those things is wisdom. That's the word that goes in your blank. The devil has his own form of wisdom. So the devil has his own form. I gave you the word there that goes in your blank of wisdom, studying the house of the wicked. Now you'll notice there's a, a reference here to Proverbs 21. And I'd like you to turn there right now. Proverbs 21. Some of you are probably there ahead of me. Proverbs 21 and verse 12. It tells us the righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked. You say, why would we, uh, why would we want to, uh, to do that? Take time and consider the house of the wicked. Well, here's why it gives us both halves of, uh, of the truth, both halves truth. I missed a, a word there. It's like the positive and the negative. 
The word negative is what goes in your blank. Many Proverbs are written showing both sides of it. The righteous do this while the wicked do that. And you have many Proverbs that are like that a little in a nutshell, these little gems of truth stuck like opposites. And so that's sort of what we want to do. Now I've given you some verses in Corinthians and I want to show you that the devil indeed has his own form of wisdom. First Corinthians 1:20. where is the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? You see that this world has its own form of wisdom where they get that the devil. The next verse. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. N O U G H T. There's two words that sound the same, not and not. N O U G H T means nothing. N A U G H T means something evil or bad. So that's the difference between those two words. This one is N-O-U-G-H-T, not. Um, Many years ago, sometimes people, instead of saying zero, they would say not, N-O-U-G-H-T, because it it means the same. It's like nothing, zero, not. Um, And then the third one in 1 Corinthians 3.19, for the wisdom of this world is, you know what goes in the word, in the blank? Foolishness, foolishness. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And so here we, we can really see that this world has its own form of wisdom. Of course, it got it from the devil. So we move on on the paper. Yet this worldly wisdom seems to come built into the hearts of men. And I'm, I'm telling you, we all have it. You might think, well, I don't have it. Yes, you do. In Proverbs chapter three, verse five, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Remember we studied wisdom and understanding They're They're kind of kissing cousins or twin sisters or something. They live in the same house. We learned that you have this, you have this built into you. I have it built into me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. The next verse, Proverbs 23, 4, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Your human, earthly, worldly, natural indication or inclination, I should say, is to go out and make a whole bunch of money. That's worldly wisdom. That's not having faith in God. Now you say, well, does that mean we should quit our jobs? No, God has probably called you to that job, but you have to be sure where God has called you. If you're not where God has called you, then you're going to waste your life, waste your days, your hours, waste your time, waste your talents, waste your treasures. You won't have a, productive life. You say, well, what if I make a lot of money? That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about doing the will of God. What is the will of God for your life? Earlier this afternoon out on the street there, I happened to meet a man. He was a truck driver and I was talking to him 
And he was really bemoaning his life. He was coming up near the end of his, uh, his career as a truck driver. I think he was in his sixties and, and he was a disheveled wreck. And I felt very sorry for him. And he hated his job. Just hated. It. I asked him, how do you like doing long haul trucking? He's, and he hated it. He told me he hated it. But he told me basically that when he was younger, 25 years ago, a buddy of his went and took a certain kind of career job and, and has done very, very well and has retired and all that. But he said, but me, I wanted to make the big bucks. So I went and I took the, uh, the truck driving. And then he spent the next minute telling me some of the woes he went through. And I kind of think the poor guy is broke. He can't afford to quit working. He's, he owns nothing. He owes everything. It's, it's pretty rough. And yet many years ago, he thought, man, this is the way, this is the direction I'm going. And so labor not to be rich. Now that's good wisdom for all Christians. Do not bend over backwards. Do not kill yourself trying to be rich. If riches come, well, that's one thing, but don't go out and hunt them down and search for them and spend all of your time and energy because that's not God's wisdom. That's the wisdom of this world. And unfortunately we all have this worldly wisdom and we must not, we must not trust in it. We must not lean onto it and trust it. And then moving down on the page, here's the amazing thing. The fool really believes that the wisdom of this world is the proper way to go. The fool really believes it. He believes it with all his heart. He says, no, he says, I must make money. No, he says, I must play the lottos. No, he says, I must do this and I must do that. That's how I'm going to have a fulfilled life. He really believes it. Let's look at some of the scriptures. Proverbs 16, 2. Now, I've only taken half the verse here just for the, to, to save a little space on the page. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. Now, all you have to do is walk up to anyone on the street, any lost person at all, and ask them, do you think you're a good person? And what do you think they're going to say? Yes. Very, very, very few people would ever say, no, I'm a wicked, dirty, so-and-so. I... No, are you, are you basically a good person? Yeah, I'm basically a good person. That's what they're going to tell you. Because in their eyes, their ways are clean. You see, the fool really believes that the way he's going is the right way. Look at the next one, 1215a. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You go up to a fool. Okay. Pick right and wrong. He says, this one is right. And it's the way of the world. The fool in his own eyes, this worldly way is the right way. Now watch this one. This one's amazing. The next one, it is abomination. Now abomination means something that would like make you sick. You want to avoid it. It's just so gross and so sick. Ah, get away from me. Ooh, it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. That's how much a fool believes in what he's doing. He believes it so much that if you said, leave that stuff alone. Ah, what are you crazy? No. And go your direction. Huh? 
It is abomination to fools to depart from evil. Um, the next one folly. And I'm going to give you a, a definition in a few minutes. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. Destitute. The guys he's, he's all, he, he's got nothing and he owes. He is destitute. He is really rock bottom. He's got to reach up to touch rock bottom. He's so low and folly is joy to this guy. Now there's a fool. Uh, the last one here. And this one is, is sad, but it's true though. Thou shouldest bray. That means kind of to pulverize and beat though. Thou shouldest bray a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle. Now, if you've ever taken a, um, uh, a, a pestle. What, do you, what is that thing called again? The mortar, mortar and pestle, right? Yeah. The mortar and pestle, that little cup and that little ceramic stick or something. And you, you throw in grain or, or nuts or something. You want to grind it to a powder. You use a mortar and pestle. And that's the idea though. Thou shouldest bray a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle yet will not his foolishness depart from him. Why? Because he won't let it go. He'll hold on to it. Like to the bitter end. Isn't that sad? That's sad. Now that's a, a pretty desperate died in the wool fool, mind you. Now we're going to, uh, to take a look here at this other side of the fence and it can go by different names. Take a look at page number eight again. Would you please? Now at the uh, sort of top right, you'll see a little house and you'll see seven pillars. Well, on the house, on the face of the house, write the word wise. That's the house of wisdom and understanding. So that's sort of in the top right corner, that little house you write wise. And then on, on the top of each pillar or on the face of each pillar, it doesn't really matter. You can number them one to seven, one to seven. And I hope you have them memorized. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That was an easy one. The fear of the Lord, the knowledge of, of the Lord or knowledge of God. And then the reproof of God never ever despise the reproof or the chastening of the Lord. Never, ever despise it. It's it's vital part of your wisdom. And so you've got seven things there. Um, now, if you look closely on the other side of the house of wisdom, you you'll see these little lines say, what are those? Those represent the uh, paths, the pathways, the paths of the righteous. So you can write those words up there, the paths of the righteous, write those words. And then beyond that, right up the top of your page in the top right corner, you can write the word heaven because that's where the righteous are going. And you maybe even just put a little arrow in that direction, heaven. Okay. Now, if you come and look at the lower portion of this diagram, you got another house. And on the face of that house, write the word fool. Now we could call this the house of foolishness. We could call it the house of the wicked. It's sort of all kind of in the same general camp, the same direction but you can write the word fool on there. Now we looked at the verse 21, 12, 21, 12 said the righteous man 
wisely considereth the house of the wicked. So on the top of the house of the fool, write 2112. 2112. Folks, that's what we want to do tonight. We want to wisely consider what's going on here south of the border. And so you'll notice seven pillars. So you can number them one to seven. Now I suggest that if you started with number one on the top left, then you start with number one on the bottom left and just work your way around to number seven. So that's easy. Now notice uh, off the end of the house of fool, you have these little lines. They represent the paths of the wicked, the pathways or the paths of the wicked. And then in the lower left corner, write the word hell, because that's where these people go when they die. And you can put a, a line there and a, an arrow. In fact, right also in the very bottom, if you would write Proverbs five, five, and I'll read that for you. Proverbs five, fives. It, it's talking here about the lips of the strange woman. This is the woman you don't want to get involved with. This is, this is not the woman God is sending your way. She's coming from the other side of the fence. She belongs to this whole house of foolishness and everything. But it says here, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. So that's pretty sad. If you ask me. Um, let's see now something else we can learn um, on the right hand side. You'll have the words foolishness and wisdom. And you see there's a dividing line on the top. It's wisdom. The bottom it's foolishness. These are our, our general statements. I'm not sure that there is one absolute perfect picture of all this. We kind of have to sort of throw some, some paint at the canvas here. We got to kind of put stuff in that lower portion and just to get it all there. And we can't be a hundred percent sure as to, you know, where each of these, these pillars go and so on, but they're there. So at least we get them on the page, but over here on the right, I want you to notice that there are two directions here. There's linear. That would be the back and the, and the fourth. So we would say what's behind us and what's ahead of us. And of course, hopefully if you're watching tonight, you're born again, you've crossed over this line and you're saved. You're part of God's family. You're going the proper direction. By the way, my friend, if you're watching tonight and you don't know where you are, then you need to get that figured out. You really do. That's something we can help you with. We can point you in the right direction. We can't do it for you. You got to do it yourself. You got to go to God yourself. You got to pray yourself, but at least we can help you. We can coach you. We can show you. Why don't you contact our office tomorrow and just ask whoever answers the phone. Listen, could you help me? I, I, I just want to make sure that I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. Now, we would call this linear. And so underneath the word foolish and wisdom, you have this line with arrows on either side, write the word linear L I N E A R. That's sort of the forward, the backward, 
But there's another dimension to this because not only if you, if you look, if you look at this carefully, if you look at this piece of paper I'm holding, this would be linear. All right. But now there's a tilt to it. It's slanted. And you see, this is vertical. We're going vertical now. So the, the other line off to the far right on your paper, you write vertical on there because there's a slant to this. Um, going the right way isn't really easy. It's a little bit harder going the wrong way. It's very easy because there's a slope and I'd like you to write down um, Proverbs 24, seven Proverbs 24, seven. And this tells us here, it says wisdom is too high for a fool. Wisdom is too high for a fool. And so we see from that, that there's a, a vertical slant or inclination to all of this. And that is the truth folks. There's a, uh, another verse I'd like you to write down. And that's Psalm 73 and verse 18. I'm going to read that for you. Just for the sake of time, I'm going to be reading some verses for you. But um, this one says, uh, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction, slippery places and down into destruction. So that's why on the paper, uh, we have this incline. It's not completely flat, but it's inclined. So when you go the way of the Lord, it's a little harder, but if you go the way of the devil and the world and hell, it's very easy. It's very easy to go that way. And so these are just a couple of things that a lot of Christians know. And there's a couple of verses as to um, why we know they're true. Now, uh, I want you to go to chapter number nine of Proverbs because I want you to see something that's very interesting. You're going to like this. Chapter nine is going to answer a question for you. Have you ever uh, wondered about uh, maybe your next door neighbor who's not, not a Christian, they're not born again, they're not saved, not part of God's family, but they're a real nice person. They're just very likable. Or listen, do you have a family member who's very sweet and very nice? They're just not saved. They're not born again. And maybe you heard some preaching and maybe the preacher was saying, why, if you're not saved, then you're wicked and on your way to hell. And then maybe you sat there and you thought, well, okay, I understand what he's saying, but boy, I just can't see my family member being wicked. I mean, I've, I've known them all my life. I, I've met wicked people, horrible people. I've heard about some really horrible, wicked, wicked people. I've read about them. My family member isn't anything like that. So how is it that my family member could be someone wicked? Well, chapter nine is going to answer that for you. Now you'll notice that it begins here with wisdom. She's builded her house, hewn out her pillars, sent forth her maidens. 
And then she starts calling to people in verse number four. She says, whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And then if you look, um, actually go back one chapter, chapter eight and verse five, and wisdom is still speaking. And wisdom says, Oh, ye simple understand wisdom and ye fools. So there's a difference there between simple and fool fool and ye fools be of an understanding heart. So wisdom seems to be calling to, to the simple, but then also to the fool. But then if you go back to chapter nine and you come to verse uh, number seven, he that reproveth a scorner, well, there's someone else now wisdom's talking about. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. He that reproveth, uh, that rebuketh a wicked man, oh, there's the wicked, getteth himself a blot. Say, what does all this mean? Wisdom is telling us that there seems to be four general categories of unsaved people. And it begins with the simple. So take your, your diagram here. And on the left-hand side, uh, right beside the word death, um, underneath the line between life and death, you'll see there's a little line and you'll go down. There's another little line and then another little line. There's actually four spaces there. And I want you to write in these four categories of unsaved people. Simple is the first one goes in there and you can write nine verse four, chapter nine, verse four. You see, we read that whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. You say, what are the simple? Well, the simple basically are those who don't know any better. They're newbies to life. Maybe they're in their teens or in their twenties or something, but they're just very uneducated about life. They're new to the scene. So those are the simple ones and wisdom calls more to the simple than she does to the fool, but she still calls to the fool. And that's the next little area is the fool. And you can write chapter eight, verse five. So there's the simple and then there's the fool. You say, what's the difference? The fool is the one who used to be simple, but they made their decision to go in the direction of foolishness. The simple really haven't made their, 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 um, decision yet. The simple could decide to cross over and become born again, or the simple could decide to turn their back on righteousness and go toward um, the world, the flesh and the devil. And so you have the simple and then you have the fool. The fools already made his or her choice. Now there's different levels of foolishness and you get some real died in the wool fools absolutely stubborn. I mean, we saw some of them here on page nine, that it's abomination to fools to depart from evil. Well, that would be a fool. Who's really a fool, but then you'll get a fool. Who's just mildly a fool. He's just getting into the, into the foolishness. You see? So you have those two and then you have the third one. And that's the scorner, the scorner. And you can write down, Well, chapter nine, verses seven and eight deal with both the scorner. And the last one is the wicked, the wicked. Now wisdom in chapter 
nine also gives you sort of a, a, a visual picture of the difference between the scorner and the wicked. Now the scorner is someone who's even worse off than the fool. I mean, the fool is just wanting to get the everything he can or she can out of this world. The scorner now has attitude, a bad attitude, a nasty, mean attitude toward righteousness, toward right and wrong. They scorn, they mock. You know, it's sad, but a lot of comedians today, they scorn and they mock righteousness. I've read stories of some of these comedians on stage making big jokes and big fun of righteousness. And the whole audience was laughing and laughing. And then suddenly they would grip their heart, fall to their knees and then onto their face. They die of a heart attack. God sent judgment on them. That's happened more than once. I've read a few stories of that sort of thing happening. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. And the fool doesn't mock God and the scorner doesn't mock God. Now, if you look again, please um, in chapter uh, number, number nine, verse seven, he that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. (laughs) Well, now we know why, because you reprove a scorner and say, sir, ma'am, you're going the wrong way. It's not right that you mock God. And what, what does the scorner do? They turn on you and they open their mouth and all this vile, horrible stuff comes out. And they shame you publicly. And a lot of scorners are big talkers. They can open their mouth and never shut up. And they, it's like a verbal machine gun or verbal hand grenades. And they'll destroy you. Some scorners are really devil possessed. It seems, you know, the antichrist, when he comes to town, when he takes over, the devil is going to give him a big mouth to say incredible, horrible things. Here we have a scorner. That's why wisdom is telling you. (laughs) If you go and rebuke a scorner, you better be prepared for the consequences. He's going to turn on you or she is going to turn on you and verbally tear you to ribbons. But then it goes on and it says in verse seven, uh, he that um, reproveth a wicked man getteth himself a blot. You say, what's the difference? Well, the scorner will verbally hurt you. The wicked will physically hurt you. The wicked, when you reprove and rebuke them, they'll turn around and hit you or throw something at you or shoot you or something. You see, these really are the true dyed in the wool wicked. Do you see now the difference in the classifications of the unsaved? And you can have an unsaved mother or father who's a real sweetheart of a person, but they're more of the, the simple or perhaps the early stages of foolishness. You know, foolishness is almost something like Alzheimer's, you know, 
You get the early stages of forgetfulness and then it gets worse than that. It's sad, isn't it? Alzheimer's. It's a very sad disease. Sometimes it affects some nice people and they turn rather nasty. Well, that gives you sort of an idea of what can happen in the minds and hearts of unsaved people. Well, that helps us to pray a little bit better for them. Folks, we have to stop there. Our time is up. I was sort of hoping that we would get through uh, page nine with the uh, seven pillars of foolishness, but we didn't have time. However, we did get through. uh, Oh, actually I want to give you one more verse and I want you to write it in the midst of the pillars of foolishness. I want you to write chapter nine verses 13 to 18. I got to show you this um, before we close. Now, remember in chapter nine, Wisdom has built her house. She's hewn out her seven pillars. She sent out her maidens. She's crying, come, come, forsake the foolish and live. Now, watch this in verse 13. A foolish woman. Here's the house of foolishness now. The foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city. I wonder how she ever got this house. Anyhow, the devil must have given it to her to call passengers who go right on their ways. And look what she says. It's the very same introduction. Anyhow, as wisdom, the wisdom of this world, the foolishness of this world has the same speech, at least the beginning part of the speech as real honest to goodness. Wisdom does look what she says in verse 16. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him. And that's where the similarity stops. Because look at verse 17. Here's what her speech is. This is what she's selling. Stolen waters are sweet. And bread eaten in secret is pleasant. She's talking, get rich quick. You don't have it. Just take it from someone who's got it. Stolen waters. But verse 18, he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Well, now we really have to stop. We've gone over time, but that gives you a a good overview of what's on the other side of this fence. And next week, God willing, we're going to finish off looking at those seven pillars. And then what I want to do is I want to start looking at what's on the other side of the house of wisdom. And there's some pathways there that you and I need to know about. And that's where wisdom is really going to help us pray with me. Now our loving heavenly father, thank you for sparing us from the, the sorrow and heartache and tragedy that so many people in this world bring upon themselves by turning their back upon you and upon the ways of God. Lord, we pray that you'd help us who know you to reach out to others who don't know you and encourage them and pray for them that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Help us who are saved not to make the mistakes of worldly wisdom, to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to lean not unto our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths and we'll praise you glorify you and thank you in Jesus name. Amen. 
Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word. Thank you.